1: Now, when it comes to NFTs, a lot of people have no idea how it actually works, how it could apply to them in their business or their content, myself being one. And that was until I did this interview. You see, NFTs can be very complicated unless you know someone who can guide you through the process. And after this interview with Patrick Chan, which you're gonna hear in just a moment, my mind has been racing with all the potential ideas that nfts can be used for content creation from ebooks to course material to audio you know the sky's the limit and this whole web 3 movement is something that we can't ignore as content creators and business owners it is something that is going to become mainstream but we are at a very important impasse right now where if you adopt it early understand it and get into that ecosystem when it becomes mainstream you are going to be even better set than you are right now. So take the next 30 to 45 minutes and listen to this episode. Patrick will blow your mind with his knowledge and will share his personal experience. This is something where he has made the leap from marketing into the NFT movement and started out just trying it out and figuring out what is this all about? So without further ado, let's hop into the episode and learn about nfts thank you so much for for joining me uh on today's episode this topic we've not covered in in 115 episodes brand Uh new to us uh however not brand new to you you're an expert in nfts and and hopefully by the end of the episode, our listeners will have a better understanding not only what they are, but mm-hmm. how you can actually use them
2: in your business to, to, to grow. Precisely. And I'm so honored to be here on your podcast. It is so, so, so awesome. And I'm so excited to share what I've known about uh, NFTs and how they can be used for marketing, business, and also for creators.
1: So let's get, let's get right into
2: explaining what they are in your own words. What is an NFT and how does it work? Uh uh-huh, Sure thing, so uh, let's go to the very basic what is NFTs and to understand what's NFTs we get to look at what is non-fungible and to understand what's non-fungible we have to look at what is fungible. So let's say I have a $100 bill and I give you the $100 bill and then you give me your $100 bill or do they are the different bills but the value is, in the, is the same value in the market, which means that $100 can buy anything that's worth $100. Same with Bitcoin. If I give you one Bitcoin and you give me one Bitcoin, it's the same value when we spend that Bitcoin. So that is fungible. Now, to understand non-fungible, we want to look at the offline aspect. And the classic example that I've always shared with my students and uh, uh, listeners is that Let's take Mona Lisa. Now, we all know there's only one Mona Lisa, which is in the museum. If I'm not mistaken, it's in France right now. And you and me could have our own Mona Lisas, which are the replicates. So there are thousands of replicates in the world. Who knows how many replicates are there, which look exactly identical as the original one. However, you and me Uh, do not own the Mona Lisa. We have Mona Lisas, but we don't own the Mona Lisa because the Mona Lisa, it is a non-fungible product in that aspect. Now, that is in the offline world. So now let's take that online. How does that work? Well, when it becomes a non-fungible token, it means that there's only one owner towards that digital asset or that digital product. So I know it sounds sort of strange and funny or interesting because how do you own something that can be copied and paste or save as? And this is where we bring into the world of blockchain. So when a digital product, whether it's an image, a JPEG, uh, a video piece like MP4 or an audio piece like MP3, when they are minted, and that's the term that they use in the in the Web3 world, minted, when they are minted to become an NFT, it means that they have now been issued a, a contract in blockchain and that contract is called smart contract. So let's say I mint a digital product, say a digital, digital asset such as a JPEG image. And if I send that to you as an NFT, what it is saying is that, I'm giving you the ownership of that JPEG and the world will know it because it's in the blockchain. So there will be a smart contract which authentic, authenticated saying that, hey, Patrick has given that to you. So let's say if you buy the NFT, which could be a JPEG, it means that you now own it. Now that will be a lengthier explanation, but I just want to give a full picture of that so it's not the jpeg image anymore it is about owning that image but then in this uh, discussion we're going to expand so much that is beyond a jpeg
1: that's a great explanation uh, of it so could you essentially have an nft for you know a podcast or, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, an episode, uh, if you want to go that, that fragmented, or would you yeah. do it as like the whole show, like the whole kind of podcast in itself? How that, would you, I guess in the digital business, what are some of the things aside from an image like you use that mm-hmm. you could make an MFT for?
2: Yes. That's a very good question, Sean. And that is where it gets me so excited with NFT as a platform, as a technology, but before we, we get into that, let's look back at how all of this sort of get started so that we can sort of understand this world. You see, I, I came from the same world as yours, which is digital marketing, uh, online creators, uh, social media and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I love it. I love all of these funnels, uh, ads, SEO and, and so on. But in 2021, I started to explore NFTs and... If I can remember clearly the first time I heard about it was from Gary V. uh Gary Vranacha. I think maybe your audience have heard of Gary V. Mm-hmm. I mean he's pretty famous uh, especially having a, a very famous podcast. So he was sharing about his NFT called uh V friends and he was selling it for 1 ETH, 1 Ethereum at that moment of time. I think it's 2021. It has been a few years therefore I cannot recall the exact timeline anymore. But anyway when I heard about that, uh, one Ethereum is about three thousand US dollar or somewhere around that. I was thinking, you know, why would I want to buy that? As in, like, uh, it's three thousand dollars. I mean, one Ethereum. The best it could go to maybe one point five Ethereum or one point three Ethereum. Um, you know, the earning of thirty to fifty percent doesn't really excite me when I need to risk one Ethereum. That's a lot of money in terms of. Buying something that you're totally unsure of, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't buy. It. And after that, I was I was shocked when V friends goes up to eight ETH for one V friend. So which means whoever who purchased it, let's say it's three thousand dollars at that time times eight. That is worth twenty four thousand US dollar for one of that. And then there are other uh, V friends that sells for twenty ETH. 30 ETH and some insane amount of money. So that really opens up my interest and my world of how this Web3 works. But I don't quite understand how it works yet at the moment of time. But I get it, I get it that this is a huge opportunity. So then I start to explore more how NFT actually works. Because at that time, at that time, everyone was having the impression it's a safe as JPEG image. And I have that same assumption as well, right? So my first experience with NFTs was on this um, mobile platform called VV. So VV sells NFTs, but they sell big brands like uh, NFTs by Marvel, by DC, um, Superman, Batman, DC. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have Star Wars, they have Disney. Yes, it is shocking, right? Even at 2021, many of these billion-dollar companies are already selling their NFTs. So if you think about it, this could not be a fad FAD because public-listed companies are launching their NFTs. Just think about it. There are board of directors, their marketing departments and so on. They wouldn't say, hey, you know what, let's just go ahead and, and start some NFTs and let's make some millions. No, these are billion-dollar brands and companies. They have done Power research knowing that this is going to be something bigger than just a jpeg image so i started buying those nfts but before i buy the most interesting part is that the first time i wanted to buy i wasn't able to purchase it now you'll be wondering what do you mean by you weren't able to purchase it so i saw this captain america nft i wanted to show you from here but somehow i could not load it so i just kind to skip that and, and you have this called drops. Drops will be the, pay, the the time and day it's released for sale. I will be using a lot of uh, layman terms instead of Web3 terms so that everyone can, can follow mm-hmm. the flow, so to speak. So there's this drop where you can mean the NFT, which means you can buy the NFT. And when the card opens, when I try to click buy, it was sold out within milliseconds. I wasn't able to buy that NFTs and when I work out the math, um, the company that sells that made millions, as in like three to four millions within milliseconds and it was shocking because I was thinking, this comic company like Marvel, they weren't even making so much money by selling the comics in split seconds and yet when they convert that into NFT, they were selling like crazy. So I got into the bandwagon, and I started buying the first NFT. And the funniest part is that when I buy this NFT, I gonna show my wife, and I say, hey, you know, check this out. I got this. I got this Captain America NFT." And my wife was looking at me like, "Why? <laughs> Why would you buy that? I mean, you can you can see it for free. Like technically, it is free. But I said to my wife that." I own it right now. Now, that is where my paradigm shift comes in. You see, before I bought my first NFT, I don't get it. I don't get the psychology of it. I don't understand the whole mentality of ownership. So once I purchase it, I become the owner of it. I get it. And here's the craziest part. I start buying more. And I start buying more. And I start buying more. And I start collecting all these NFTs from Marvel, from Disney, yeah, uh, 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 James Bond and so on. And then I say I gotta stop, you know, because um, <laughs> uh, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. So after I've learned that, I wanted to go to the so-called uh, to the bigger league uh, to the bigger marketplace, because with Vivi the NFT is cheap. It's like less than hundred dollars for NFT, and these are all by major brands. So it is, it is less risky because, like I said, these are major brands. This is not from individuals. So then I went to this website called OpenSea. This is OpenSea. It's a marketplace for NFTs. Um, you may have heard about OpenSea. OpenSea is the number one marketplace at a moment of time. Today, they are still number one, but there are many other marketplaces where you can buy NFTs nowadays. But anyway, uh, I went there and i bought my first nft in opensea because a friend of mine said that hey we are selling nfts based on our digital photography which is you don't get anything except for the digital photography where you can save as download for free um, and my friend sold the first series uh 88 of them all sold out and i think they made over Hundred thousand US dollars or something like that. Because apparently Snoop Dogg tweeted about their project and it goes crazy. So when my friend comes to me and says, Hey, would you want to buy one? I wasn't too sure should I buy or not? But it's my friend's project and thought like, hey, you know what? I feel like supporting my friend. And I bought that. So that was my first NFT. But after buying that, I start to like the NFT with the same mentality that now I own it, but it still doesn't give me anything. Now, I know there's a lot of questions going on. What's really going on, Patrick? Now, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is that I want to get into the customer's psychology. In order for me to sell my own NFTs, I got to be a customer of NFTs to understand why people buy in the first place. Because if I don't do that, regardless of of how many books I read or how many podcasts I hear or how many seminars I attend, I will never get it until I've experienced being a customer myself.
1: Hey there, small business owners. It's Sean Wynott, the founder of Blue Cow Marketing and host of this podcast. You know, we've identified five core areas that every successful business has and has optimized that has made them successful. They are branding, assets, lead generation, strong relationship building and referrals or fans, like we call them. And it's these five core areas that we work with, with our clients to optimize and streamline, and we do it in a very effective way. Now, how this all begins is with a free marketing review. Now, you might be like, Hey, Sean, I don't know you yet, and that's okay. And that is why we've created this free marketing review, because it is 100%, no obligation, no sales pitch. We'll gain some knowledge about what it is that you're currently doing, what's working, what your goals are, and we'll make some recommendations. And if at the end of the call, you're open to hearing how we think we could help you, then we'll tell you that. No pressure, no obligation, like I said. It all starts with a free marketing review consultation. So go ahead, go to bluecowmarketing.ca start to learn more.
2: After that, after dabbling around And for the record, I'm not a big uh, NFT uh, collector. No, I'm not those who spend millions or hundreds of thousands of US dollars. I just spend shy about five figures collecting all these NFTs so that I understand the experience and I can come to the conclusion. There are three core reasons why someone would actually buy an NFT. There are three core reasons. The first one, it is for the speculation opportunity, means buy low, sell high, and and as uh, one time, it was insane. Like for instance, let's say I bought a Gary V's uh, NFT, which is VFrame, for one ETH, and I sell it off for eight ETH, I will have made eight x of return. So that huge opportunity at one time. Uh, or like Donald Trump's NFT. Many people, I'm not saying everyone, some may just bought it because they want to support Donald Trump, but many, in my humble opinion, bought it because of the speculation opportunity. You're hoping that, hey, Donald Trump is a global brand. Everybody knows who is Donald Trump. I mean, this is the the, the uh, ex-president of the United States. So if I buy it right now, when it's first minted, when it first released, and the price goes up, Say an hour later, I'm going to drop it and make some money. So everybody understand this, it's just I be trudging in that sense. Mm-hmm. That's the first reason. Um, the second reason why someone buys it, it is because of what we call bragging rights. Means that you can show someone that, hey, I own this NFT. Now, let me expand this a bit further. In the NFT world, there's a type of collection called PFB. So it's like um, images that you can use as your avatar, images that you can use as your profile. So two of the most famous ones are CryptoPunks and the 8 picture uh, is bought 8 Yacht Club. And depending on which region you're from, some call it bought 8 Yacht Club or Yacht Club. Doesn't matter, English or American. Uh, I'm just going to make sure that my pronunciation is correct. So if you own those, like with Twitter, you can actually display that NFT as your profile. Now, that becomes a quote-unquote bragging rights, like telling someone that you are are that level to spend six figures for a JPEG image. And that tells you, like, hey, you got to be somebody, right? So, you can mm-hmm. go around and and posting your your mansion or your sports car every time but you can just show your avatar and people know all right this guy you know he is he is there or she is there because he owned about it or he owns a crypto pump and this is all bragging rights like for instance I uh, I bought Adidas NFC now I don't make money from it but I have my little bragging rights to tell someone, hey, you know what? I have Adidas NFT, although it doesn't make money, but because I like that brand and I like to to brag about saying, hey, you know, I have that NFT and I'll probably just keep it. So all of those are bragging rights that people buy just to let other people know that they are the fans of that brand or they are the fans of that authority figure. Or sometimes it's just to say, hey, I'm really, really rich. I can spend so much money uh, with that. <laughs> so you'll see like many celebrities at one time, Eminem, uh, Justin Bieber and so on. They bought a bot egg. It. So it's also a way to, to flex your muscle and say, hey, you know what? I'm in the trend. Like uh, Jimmy Fallon has an NFT and this is not cheap NFT. This is NFT that costs six figure to own that like of a better word, their JPEG image. Now, these are the two core reasons why someone will buy NFT. However, for normal folks, as in like everyone except uh, except for being a global influencer or celebrity or a billion dollar brand or a big company, we are not able to tap on these two opportunities because, Sean, regardless of how famous you and me are, we're just famous in our circle. Mm -hmm. We are not global brands. We are not Justin Bieber. We are are not Sylvester Stallone and all this kind of stuff. So we cannot influence the global market in that sense, right? So it's really hard to convince someone and say that, hey, buy my NFT because you can speculate it later on. Because again, the market is not big enough. so these two opportunities, again the speculation opportunity and the bragging rights opportunity still remains in the realm for celebrities, billion-dollar brands, or big companies or influencers. And this is where I explore the third reason why someone buy an NFT, and this is where it gets excited because this is the game, this is the realm that you and me can play at. And the third reason why someone buy an NFT. It is because of the utility for the NFT. Now, what is the an utility? And utility is basically what is the function of that NFT. So the NFT is no longer a JPEG or a logo to show that you own something. But that NFT represents a certain access to whatever that you want to lock. And that is the utility and the nft becomes a token pass i mean uh, the term that they use in the web3 world is called token um, a crypto coin uh, uh nft all of these are considered tokens in that sense so now uh when i saw this opportunity i was thinking like, how about we 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 turn the nft into a book so that's how I got started. And I'm going to address the podcast shortly because it's very, very exciting. And I think that you are getting you're getting it 100% right here. But let me relate to you how, how does the, the utility of it works. So I have uh, many of my books available in the bookstores, in Amazon, some of them are best-selling books. And I took one of my books called Wake Up Millionaire. And I was, I was earning... Um, um, sales from Amazon Kindle, but when I look at the checks, it's $1.99. Sometimes it's $0.99 cents and, and then with with Amazon Cuts and so on, there's very minimal income left in terms of the sales revenue. So what if I sell that as an NFT? So I call this NFT book. So just think of it this way. What if you can allow your customer who purchased a digital book to now own the book. Now it sounds crazy when I first think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make someone own a digital book? Because it's copy and paste, it's 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 transferable, it's deletable and so on. But if it's NFT, now they own it. Because now technically he owns the NFT and he can do or she can do anything that they want with that. And with that, they also owns the book. So with that premise, my um, uh, my angle is saying now you can own the book as an NFT. But it goes beyond that because the NFT will also have value. What if the the brand increase? Because now you own a part of the brand and When that happens, you can always sell an NFT and then make back the money. So is it better to buy a book for just the content or buy the NFT book where you have the content of the book and also the ownership of that NFT? Now, I'm going to pause for a while uh, in case there are anything that you want to clarify before I continue jumping into how we can do the same with a podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the explanation has been phenomenal. I've, I've learned so much uh, just from what you said so far. But the, the natural question that's in my mind, and I'm sure some of the listeners have mm-hmm. here, we use that book example. You know, I create a book and now I'm going to sell it as an NFT. Can I only mm-hmm. sell it once? Like, is there only yeah. one owner? Or, or like, once it's sold, I can't do anything
2: with it anymore? How does that work? Okay, great question. So you can set a limitation for your nfts so there are two ways the latest trend that we're seeing based on today's uh, podcast there's also open edition open edition would means that you can set as many as you want and it's based on certain duration so it could be like uh, we're gonna allow you to mean from today until the next seven days so whichever however units sold those are the units that are available in the blockchain so that's the open edition concept. But if you want to keep it simpler or more straightforward, you could say, Sean could say, I have my book and my book is called Book ABC. Um, and I'm just going to sell 100 units. I'm just going to sell 1,000 units. So which means technically you will mean 1,000 units of the NFT in, uh, in the blockchain world. There are many platforms that you can do this. I can go through some technical aspect of it if you want to know more. And then they can go and mean what you have put up in the marketplace. So if all of those are sold out, assuming it's sold out, which means no one can buy anymore unless the person who bought it decided to sell at a secondary market.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so how do you, I mean, we'll probably get into this, but naturally I'm thinking, trying to think through my listeners' minds. So this all sounds great. I would like to do this. How do yeah. you go about like minting these NFTs? Like what's the process for me to create an NFT to attach
2: to a product that I have? Right. So this is more towards the the technical aspect of it. There are a few ways to go around this. So I'm going to give the the simpler one, as in like the straightforward one for creators, marketers and business owners, because uh, we are not we are not really getting into the whole Web3 technical stuff. I hope I hope we're OK with that, right? We'll keep it simple in a sense. So let's say you choose a platform, the simpler platform or the one that's famous would be like OpenSea. So I mean, anyone can go to Google and search for OpenSea and set up an account for free because OpenSea doesn't have any fee. They call it the gas fee when you mint an NFT. So let me uh, take a step back because I'm going too fast when I use the word mint. So the the word mint means that when you create your NFT. So when you put up an NFT, there should be a gas fee, which means that it's going to cost you because you're you're putting that into the blockchain and it's spent and say that, hey, this is now available in the blockchain. But with OpenSea, it is free. So this is why I say that it's easier to go with OpenSea. Of course, there are many other platforms out there uh, which are also free. But again, let's stick to OpenSea. So when you go to OpenSea, you can upload all of your um, JPEGs. Let's say we're using JPEGs as the NFT and Medium as, as NFTs. So within OpenSea system, uh, they will have a, a place or a, a a function called um, uh, lock content. So at that lock content aspect, you can enter the instruction how to claim the ebook, as in how to download the ebook. So for those who own the NFT, they will be able to see that. If they don't own the NFT, they will not be able to see that. So this is like the simplest version of how to go around that. If you're going to go to something that's more advanced, there are software like Collabland and it allows um, integration with Discord. So if someone owns the NFT, I mean, this is some uh, coding stuff, not advanced coding stuff, but you got to know how to set up the prompts and so on, where you you have a prompt and say, um, enter your details and then you connect with your wallet as in your crypto wallet, and then it will check whether you own the NFT or not. And if you do, you'll be able to access that Discord channel that is locked for NFT collectors only. So that will be a bit more advanced. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that's even more advanced. It's where you need to get external debt. In the Web3 world, we don't call it app. We call it debt as in DAPP. D stands for Decentralization or Decentralized App, where you can set up so that your website, it is protected like a member area. So when they come to your website, they need to connect their wallet in order for it to reveal the log content.
1: I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of our podcast, eWebinar. If you've been doing webinars for any time now, or you've even just considered starting to do a webinar, you should consider eWebinar. This platform allows you to do evergreen webinars with a feature set that is just like hosting a live webinar. Those that are in attendance can chat with you, can engage with your content, all in a recorded format. Check it out. You want to learn more? Go to bluecowmarketing.ca/e-webinar. Just thinking, you know, as as a lot of our listeners are, you know, content creators. That's why they're they're listening to the show and mm-hmm. how to you know amplify their content. Yeah. Maybe they're they're doing workshops. They've got mm-hmm. online courses and things like that. Would that mean you're limiting the NFT to only people who understand how to buy them? Or is it easy for somebody who's just getting started that, to actually like make that purchase? Like, Is it very much like an like a online shopping cart to purchase? Or do you have to go and register right. and verify a whole bunch of stuff in the blockchain first?
2: Another, another very important question. Um, so... I I like to start with the book concept because it's the simplest way to understand that. As in like, everyone understands a book and they can relate to it much easier. So we're saying that, hey, instead of buying a a digital ebook, you're getting an NFT book, which means you buy the NFT, you get the book or you buy the book, you get the NFT, depending on which angle you want to go from there. but it's, It's the same stuff, right? It's just positioning. So how convenient it is to sell that? Now, um, what I would suggest is to keep it really simple. And I'm doing the same process as like my market are not web three savvy people because I'm in the creator economy as well. I mean, I sell courses, I sell books, I sell coaching program, all of those stuff. So uh, I totally get it, totally get it where you're coming from. Now, if you are in the United States, even... Um platform like Shopify will allow you to sell NFTs. Now, that's very, very interesting. It's not open to everyone. It's under beta, which means that if you have a Shopify account, or you can sign up for Shopify for $39 a month or whatever the latest fee is, and you can install one of their app in the marketplace, where it allows you to sell NFT right now. So which means you can just sell anything as per usual, but now you're selling it through a Shopify store. And with that integration, if I'm not mistaken, the customer will be able to choose by using credit card, which is Fiat, or a crypto to purchase it. And if you don't have a Shopify store, you can also uh, allow them to buy directly from OpenSea. So you will have your OpenSea landing page, and I believe OpenSea will also allow them to use Credit card. Uh, but if not, it is still. Convenient because when they click on it, they will ask them to open up uh, an e-wallet account, which is um which is like uh the reason why I pause because I'm trying to find the right words to explain about crypto wallet just in case if anyone is new uh to us a crypto wallet. So in the web3 world, we use a crypto wallet like MetaMask. I'm just going to put the link here not the link, but the name of it, uh, MetaMask. So MetaMask is a crypto wallet. So someone could sign up for a MetaMask account for free and they can buy crypto with credit card in the MetaMask itself. So they can fund their MetaMask with the crypto and use the crypto to buy the NFT.
1: Okay. Interesting. You're you're piecing it all together. And we're going to talk just before we end the show about your your workshop that you have that'll help people kind of bring this all together, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, step by step. Are there some things that people should be aware of mistakes that they may um, come up against if they try to just go out after listening to this episode and be like, I'm going to try to do this on my own? What should 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 they try to not do? Right? Are there some, some things they should avoid uh, that might put them at risk
2: or they're not having mm-hmm. it set up properly? Well, there could be a few. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I did it, uh, I tend to do some mistakes as well. So I think it's about, uh, for instance, for example, when I mean my NFTs, when I put it for sale, I was uploading one at a time. So I was thinking, like, hey, you know what, I want to sell 1000 of them. So I was putting like one, two, three, four, five, and it's a lot of work. And sometimes you could have some careless mistakes as in like, you know, we write it wrongly. We put in the wrong collection and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, you can actually avoid all of that by just saying that, hey, I want to meet 1000 units of this same NFTs. And then the system will actually do that rather than you splitting into so many of them Uh, that's one thing that i i can think of the second thing is the amount of nfts that you want to release my suggestion is that keep it minimal the first time that you're doing it it's better to have a sold out collection Mm -hmm. than focusing on just trying to make money so to speak as like trying to sell the NFTs to make money it is better for you to have like, for instance, right? Maybe you just want to sell like 10 NFTs and have a sold out experience and, and get the whole thing moving, rolling, and so on. Uh, that would be better than saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to sell 1,000 NFTs and then you end up selling just three of them. It, it doesn't look that nice on, on paper, especially if you're a creator, right? And um, those are a few key points. And sometimes even without utility aspect uh, you can also achieve success with nfts so don't don't restrict yourself because that you feel that there are many things that are still incomplete you know what if i don't do this i do not know this and so on because i've actually tested uh, and used my daughter's art offline as she likes to draw uh, color and so on and she's Eleven years old, and we turned that into digital art. And when I say we turn it into digital art, it's actually as simple as taking a smartphone and taking picture of that. And my friend was asking, "How did you digitalize the art?" I says, "You know what? Just just use a smartphone, just take picture, and that's it." And and it's mind boggling because they are thinking, "What kind of advanced thing that you you, you did?" No, there's nothing advanced. It's just a smartphone, guys. And uh, we put it up there, and of course, with my background, Uh, I know some marketing and and PR and so on, we managed to sell um, my daughter's art as NFTs without leveraging on my brand whatsoever um, uh, in that sense. So it is still possible because my daughter doesn't doesn't have my name. I mean, she's not a best-selling author. She's not a speaker. She's none of those. She's She's just a kid, right? And we're still able to sell that.
1: Interesting. Uh, so another follow-up question, and they just keep coming to me here. So mm-hmm. let's say you, you write a book, mm-hmm. you put it up as an NFT, let's say a thousand units that are there, and it sells out. You can't re-release any more of those units, can you? Is it locked down? You have to create
2: another product? Or, or can you do that? Okay, so it's up to you whether you want to create a new collection or not. So when I first Bought this, this NFT. When I, so I'm trying to relate back to my own experience so that we can understand this, uh, 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 uh in, in a more lively way. So when I first bought the NFT, I bought a Batman NFT, a Captain America NFT. When I first bought the Cap, the Batman NFT, I was looking at it. And I was, they say it's unique. There's only like, two thousand pieces. I was thinking, right, why not the company just. Sell another 2000 copies. What, what do you mean by limit? Right? Because it is within your control. You can do anything you want with it. And as time goes by, I start to understand it's the same as demand and supply. So if they create many of the Batman series consistently, it means that the original holder will not be too pleased about it because it means that there's no scarcity for it anymore so you get to balance it uh, to make sure that you are not oversupplying it but at the same time you got to have it sufficient for you to, um, to to create your own community because you need to have many nft collectors in order for you to to to, to build the wave so to speak so my suggestion is always this um, you can launch your first book as nft let's say example for discussion discussion sake, let's say 1000 limitation, 1000 NFT books for one title. And if that becomes successful, well, there's no stopping you to have another book uh, where you can have a different limitation again. Now, keep in mind that this is considered the NFT book. You can also sell the book as as it is uh, continually. Uh, because it could be like two different business. So it's not saying that, hey, you know, I, I'm not allowed to sell the book anymore. In my case, I pull down all my books in Amazon because I do not want to violate Amazon's terms and conditions, just in case, because Amazon has all kinds of terms and conditions that, you know, if you're selling on our platform, you should not be selling it elsewhere and all this kind of stuff. I don't really go through all of those, uh, but to keep it safe I say that, you know what? I'm not selling it there anymore. Interesting. There's a lot to think about and a lot to unpack with this.
0: Now,
1: yeah, yeah. So I mentioned you know, briefly your creators workshop. Let's talk about that. What what is it? Um, and I'm assuming it's you know if you're if you're really serious about learning more about NFTs and how to use them as a content creator, this workshop is is perfect for you. Let's talk briefly about what it is and what
2: you get out of it. Sure thing. So after I have launched my own NFTs and have my uh, first hit success, many of my customers start asking me, like, how do you do this? And some of them are creators or aspiring creators, because many of them were following me with digital marketing, internet marketing, affiliate marketing, and so on. And they see me doing this drastic jump, so to speak, because I was going out there and putting my name to say, yeah, hey, I'm doing NFTs right now. I'm going to the Web3 world. and They started asking me. So I said to them that, hey, you can also get onto this trend right now because there are people who would buy NFTs for the utility of it. And if it's challenging for you to think of what kind of utility that you can create, then just do a book because everybody understands what's a book. Even your neighbor understands a book. And now is the best time. Because all these big companies, major brands, billion-dollar brands, Marvel, DC, um, and the latest one, Starbucks, uh, Ticketmaster, I mean, the list goes on, Nike, Adidas, and so on, which means that they are now onboarding hundreds of millions of people into the web3 world right now. Like, for instance, Starbucks launched Starbucks or DC. And they even mentioned their uh, digital asset. Uh, as NFTs. So some companies, they don't call it NFT because they they like to stay away from that juggle. But Starbucks call them NFT, which means someone who is not exposed to NFT in his or her entire life, it is now seeing Starbucks, the drink that they drink every week, is launching an NFT. So when all of this is happening, it means that many people who doesn't know anything about NFTs start buying NFTs. And if we go out there and say, hey, if you, if, you, if you buy NFT and you get courses, you get seminars, it's hard for people to relate with. But a book, they get it. So NFTs for Creators Workshop was created to help those who want to sell NFTs with utility, mainly with a book, which means that if you have a book, this is ideal for you. Now, if you don't have a book, well, you can create a book and do the same. And uh, we walk through from A to Z. Basically, there are campaigns on how you do this. There is a campaign where you you got to get started and then um, launch it. And then there's pre-launch and everything else is covered from A to Z. And this actually includes all the technicality of it. Like how do I mean an NFT? How do I use OpenSea and so on? It sounds like a,
1: a perfect workshop for, for anyone who's who's creating content and wants to get started with this. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for this. With The URL to, to get to that workshop is the one you gave me, correct? Yeah, we uh, can. Webpageurl.com we web url. Web right. slash Sean would uh, mm-hmm. also be in the, the show notes if you want to check that out. Um, anything else you want to add uh, to the end of this?
2: Um. I think the only thing that I would say is that if you're an aspiring creator or you are a creator right now, you have to do this right now, as in like understand how NFT works and launch your own NFTs. Like I said, um, this is a short window of opportunity, not because that you cannot sell anymore in the future. In fact, there will be more people buying that later on, but then they will be familiar with it as in like it's going to be more competitive. So now would be the best time because people know about it, but they still haven't buy. This is the time that you want. You don't want to get in where people are already familiar with it and purchase. Um, to relate to that, I used to teach about mobile apps as well, like how to build a mobile apps and make a killing on Apple Store and and Android and so on. And when we do it, it was so easy to get thousands of downloads because we're doing those simple games you know those jumping games like really really basic apps Compers, uh, content apps basic games and we were crushing it and if we were to do it today anyway i'm out of the whole mobile app business because it's so competitive there's no way how i can get near that anymore without having a, a full-fledged team of, of developers and designers because the demand is this level right now mm-hmm. so when we start many 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 years ago jumping games was novel now you, nobody's gonna download and play a stupid jumping games anymore right it has to connect to so many different things power up power down all this kind of stuff but at that time at that time it was hot because uh, iphones were there smartphones were there so this is what i'm trying to say i'm trying to relate to the same thing we want to get in when people are aware of it, but they haven't get into it yet. I think I think we're we're at that that
1: that point where you wanna you wanna be that early adopter and get in mm-hmm. there so that when the you know the That's marketplace the when the consumers are are taking that leap and to start buying, you're already there. Right? Yeah, you're not then having to get up the speed at the
2: same time they are. Yeah, and just to add on on this like at this moment of time as we're doing this podcast and I'm I'm enjoying this discussion a lot, uh, the NFT market has dropped as in like the value of NFTs has dropped drastically badly. And that's where people are, you know, they shy away from NFTs. But I tell them, hey, you don't get it. The speculating market is down. But the creator economy, it is, it is, it is sunny every day. Nobody cares about it because people are not buying to sell. People are buying for the utility. One of my favorite author of all time is Tim Ferriss uh, for our work week. And I observe him. And did you know that Tim Ferris launched his NFT project? I think it was last year. And that's like a winter period for NFT world. NFT land, that is winter. And he launched it. And his NFT project is called Uh, The legend of Cock Punch. Nothing to do with four-hour work week. It's totally something else, something artistic that he wants to do. And within days, I think he generated over five million dollars equivalent to Ethereum at that moment of time, and sold out his entire collection of five thousand five hundred fifty-five NFTs. Now that is insane because, like I said, it is winter season, but it doesn't matter because. It's in the creator economy, right? He has his way of marketing. There are people following uh, uh, his posts and everything else, and he launched it, and it's so successful. And I started to work out the math of it. I was thinking, all right, so Tim Ferriss, yes, he does make millions for his books, his podcasts, and so on, but I don't think he was able to make millions, 5.5 million in several days. Just try to comprehend that. Now I'm not saying that you or me or everyone listening here, Ah, Tim Ferriss or Gary Vee, but it's it's your own skill. Let's say if you're making 100k, or you're making 1 million, or you're making 10k, it doesn't matter. But if you compare that, that significant amount may took you six months or a year, or this can happen in a single week when it's done properly. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to relate. And with Tim Ferriss project, oh by the way, I had I didn't even have the time to touch about royalty from nfts so with tim paris project because he becomes so successful every day there are always sales if it's not every day every week there are sales on the secondary market and each time there is a sale going on he takes a cut from it for the royalty of that that builds in to the true passive income nature with the books, there's passive income if the books continue to sell, right? But in this case, whenever someone buy and sell his NFTs, he's also getting a cut. Isn't that insane? Which means That's he's making crazy. passive income every single day. That's great. So yeah.
1: I guess the bottom line is this: is you're already creating content, get it in as an NFT so that you're there. Um, yes. The, the opportunity is hot. And yeah. Know, Patrick and his workshop will help you get you across the finish line from A to Z. Uh, check out the workshop link uh with the show notes. It's webpageurl.com slash Sean. It'll all be there. Patrick, thank you so much for, for sharing this this wealth of knowledge with us today.
2: Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.